It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You're listening to BGN Radio. I said it a year ago, I thought Odell Beckham was the best player in the draft. I was right. We didn't have a chance to get an Odell Beckham, but... You know, a lot of it depends on where you're selecting. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Uh, we have made it to uh, episode number 97. Is that where we're at? No, 96. 97 will be the be the live stuff, and we'll uh, tell you all about that in uh, just a little bit here. But uh, we are just uh, here for the, the pre-draft festivities of, uh, of goodness, and we brought a few people along as I look to my left, and I see the beautiful, the lovely podcaster, the super producer, 97.5, the fanatic, Mr. James Zeltzer. What's happening, buddy? John, my wife is not on any planes today, so we're in good shape here. <laughs> I hope not everybody gambling on yeah. anything. Or we're good. She made it home alive. Good hope, things. Yeah, I hope everybody caught that at the end. That was uh, was some serious betting on a phone call. But uh, uh, of course, from uh, our Eagles, uh, Mr. Matt Daring, what's happening, pal? Mariota. 
<laughs> dun, 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 dun. And uh, joining us for the very first time, although we're very good Twitter buddies, uh, I have seen him pump iron, or, you know, on the Instagram I've seen him pump iron. From Football Savages, the lead draft writer, Mr. Ben Nutan. What's happening, pal? How are you doing, gentlemen? I'm just sitting here and waiting for draft day disappointment. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we're definitely going to get in, into a lot of that and uh, all the different rumors and all that good stuff we also have. Uh, we're going to play a little scouting report match game as Dave Mangles and Dylan Mark are going to join us and we're going to have to identify which player and uh, goes to uh, which scattering report, which is always fun. Of course, Mike K has uh, some uh, good stuff for us as well as we're going to finally put a, a bow on all the draft prospects as we have uh, finally hit draft week here. We're going to be talking to Tennessee State's uh, inside linebacker Nick Thrasher. He sat down with him. Also sat down with Devin McKenna, uh, a BYU uh, tight end, so that'll be uh, just a little bit uh, further on in the show. But let's get to the news here first, folks, as... Uh, you know, it, uh, it, not that it's a, that big of a surprise, but Chris Polk, the, the the you know his tender gets rescinded. He really wasn't big on signing it anyway. I don't really. I I I would imagine there's some sort of like, hey, uh, just rescind the offer. I'm not going to sign it. Let's let me go as a free agent here with the the type of running backs that they signed here, the amount of money that they put into it. Uh, James, any surprise there? And uh, any thoughts on where you would see Mr. Polk landing anytime soon? No, no surprise whatsoever. I think with obviously the offseason moves to bring in Murray and Matthews and, and Sproles not going anywhere, I don't think anyone's surprised to see Polk go. I think this is one of those situations where it's actually pretty good for both teams, or excuse me, for both the player and the team. Uh, it's nice to see Polk get it, go somewhere and get a chance. I think he could be a second guy somewhere. And, and I think we all saw, I, I think, you know, Eagles fans know you, you enjoyed seeing Polk out there. The guy runs with ferocity and and has, can have a role on a team. I just don't think this is the team where he would have a role. So uh, I don't know specifically where he'll land, but I'm sure someone will take a shot on him. Of course, uh, you know, Mike K checked on, uh, checked on on Twitter, I think, when uh, that went out. And now that he's covering the Jaguars, I don't know if I can say that at, yet, but uh, he thinks he'd be a good fit in Jacksonville. But you, just, you just did, right? You know, I just, I mean, it's not like it's any, any, any secret here, but, uh, you know, congratulations to him, uh, as he is, uh, he's doing that and going the back and forth and all between there. But Matt, uh, you know, you, you think about this now, I had said that it might open the door for the Eagles to take a look at some running backs there. And when you look at the overall class of, I know everybody's still big on finding the safety, find another cornerback, find an inside, you know, or an outside linebacker, all that stuff. I actually think that they should probably take a stab at this thing and, and maybe go draft a running back, and I don't really care where it's at. Um, you know, it's not like, yeah, you dumped a ton of Murray or money into Murray, um, and, uh, you know, but but as far as the tail end with Sproles, with, uh, you know, Matthews, still they, they're not earning a bunch of money, and they're going to be old, <laughs> and they are old already. So just want to get your thoughts on uh, possibly drafting a running back. Do it. Do it and don't think twice about it. I think there's a lot of good guys uh, to be had this year, and I don't see I, – I could totally see where they fit in on this team. I mean, you have uh, Murray and Matthews will come out, you know, rotating on some drives. You you definitely have a space for, for a third guy here, um, and I think that you'd see him getting a lot more attention than Chris Polk did just because – you know, he's probably not going to be hurt all the time. Question, though. Let me jump in here. With, with the needs on the team and whatnot, how early would you say is too early to take a running back? I don't know. I, I think uh, – I don't think it should be in the first round, but I'm I'm comfortable two through seven if there's – like, you know, this is what I'm saying. If, if that second round's going to be 
weird uh, unless they decide to jump up and you know grow, go grab another wide receiver or if Eric Rowe or Quint Rollins or somebody else that they really like in the secondary. Um, I don't I don't really mind it if they really want Duke Johnson and he falls somewhere around there, go for it. You know I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to carry four running backs on here, and I know a lot of people point to Matthew Tucker. Um, he's you know he's good at what he does, but I don't. I, I think when you have a class like this, and I'll go to Ben on this too. Is I don't think you should pass up an opportunity there if you have guys that are graded similar ish or even lower uh, with you know safety cornerback any of that even offensive lineman. Uh, ben, your thoughts on on the Eagles possibly drafting a, a running back? I think the, the the thing with the current crop of running backs is each one has their own kind of issue where you have Murray coming off nearly a 500 touch season uh, and Matthews who can't who hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career. And, Sproles is a little bit older and has never really shouldered a, a serious load as a running back. I feel like there's totally a spot where you can get a running back as high as the second round. And the great thing about this class is that there's really every kind of running back. You know, you want a speed guy, you want a receiving threat, you want a power back. They're all in this class. So if whatever the Eagles are looking for dynamically at a running back to complement their current group, they can get as high as the second round or they can get a guy in the fifth round who will be able to contribute. So I don't really care where we get a guy as long as we get a guy, and I think we do need one. Uh, and and if we're if we want one and can't walk away with a quality guy in this draft, then that's a huge concern. Yeah, yeah, because then it's just the, I I know people say you already have enough resources there, but it, it's just not the the next crop of guys. Well, I, I can probably tell you aren't going to be as good as this class is, and then you make it a need the next year possibly. So I you know why not just I, I just say grab it now. I'm okay with somebody that if you want to. Even if you want a guy that complements those guys, if you want a David Johnson to be in there on, you know, third downs or or or, or whatever, um, any any type of receiving threat back there, I think would be great. Um, but uh, you know, speaking of that, I guess uh, you know, Matt, we'll come to you. Is there anything that you absolutely would hate at at twenty or anywhere around there? Let's just say in the first round and keep it general, because nobody knows what else going to be going to be happening here. But what would you be upset with in the first round? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, defensive lineman—that would probably be a yeah, big be pet bad. peeve of mine. Yeah, because I, I don't really—I'm not really inspired by any of these guys, and I'm certainly very inspired by everybody on the team. You know, even even Brandon Bear. I have a poster above of Brandon Bear above my doorway. I tap it every time I leave. Um, <laughs> But um, uh, I would say defensive line um, uh, and uh, uh, off ball linebacker. Maybe I don't really know if I love any of these guys uh, like a lot of guys, you know, more to the second round range. But uh, I think the defensive line and off ball linebacker inside linebacker probably would be sort of meh about either of those two positions. Yeah, I think. Um, and what's funny about that is and uh, something we didn't touch on at the beginning is, you know, Mark Eckel. Uh, getting the rumor mill uh, starting. We'll get into some of those guys too. Uh, Marcus Smith already <laughs> on the trading block. Which, uh, if it if it was true, and they are going to attempt to do that, James. Uh, you, I mean, is there any doubt that that's Howie? <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're if you're moving on to that, I think that's like the definitive number one answer. Even though I I already obviously think that uh, that that's there, but um, you you really see any value that. Marcus Smith would be able to bring if you do trade him there. It doesn't really make sense to me to 
uh, pawn him off uh, at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. It's funny you didn't come to me with the question before because if you had asked me what I didn't want the Eagles to do in the first round, I was going to say Marcus Smith. Uh, so, so I figure, you know, that's good. Uh, but no, I'm with you. I, 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 you're trading someone at his lowest possible value point. It's like buying something for twenty dollars and selling it for a dollar. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I'm with you. You might as well just stick it out and see if the kid can get better in the system, get on the field, make some plays. And then if you really don't like him, if you really was a Howie pick, which I'm with you, I think the more we see, and just really the way the team handled him last year really makes you believe that it was a Howie pick. But uh, either way, it just doesn't make much sense to flip him now. I just don't see there's any value there. Continuing with you, James, what would make you upset at 20, though? Uh, outside of Marcus Smith again. Of course. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Matt. I think the D-line, outside of those top guys, outside the Leonard Williams type players. There's really not a lot of guys I love. I, Danny Shelton, you know, I, I like him. I don't think he's going to be there at 20 anyway, but uh, I wouldn't be that upset if they took a Danny Shelton. You know, I don't know if Benny Logan is necessarily the the prototypical nose tackle. I, I think that could work, but in general, I think linebacker is really the position. And who knows? We're, I'm sure we're going to get into Kendrick, so maybe there is a need for depth there, but I just think there are so many uh, potential picks at 20, whether it's wide receiver, whether it's secondary, whether it's O-line, where you have a, a legitimate need on this team to really improve those positions. So it, going at another spot just doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. And Ben, a little misconception, I guess, that I think well, a lot of us share here, I, I definitely do, is that, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> I feel like there's a ton of guys that you mentioned that you'd be okay with a 20 and you get the same reaction. Oh, oh, that's a reach. Oh, oh, Byron Jones. Oh, that's a reach. Isn't, isn't 20, I mean, we touched on this, I think, last episode too, but I just want to get your point of view on it as well. Don't you think pretty much everything there is uh, a, a reach pick? I think the Eagles picked the worst number to pick at in this draft, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I think after about the 15th pick or maybe even the 10th pick, it, it's just a crapshoot in terms of like who is a first round talent. I think anyone uh, would, would have um, 22 other guys after the first 10 who who think will be first round, like worthy of first rounders and, and they'd all be different. So once you get to 20, it's about picking a guy who's, a, who's your best fit and possibly can bring the most potential to the table. So, I mean, guys that would make me unhappy, like everyone else has said, any defensive lineman doesn't really make sense given our current crop of guys. And the fact that after Leonard Williams, there's, it's kind of underwhelming in this class. Obviously the hot takes would be phenomenal if the Eagles somehow landed Arik Armstead. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and I think we should I think that's something we should root for honestly uh, just for the takes um, but uh, probably Landon Collins I, I think that Oof, yeah man yeah Ugh. and and it's not even that I don't like Landon he doesn't fit here uh, the Eagles love to move their safeties around and Landon Collins in no way can play single high free safety and he, he just can't cover in, in that in that kind of way he's he's basically a a faster linebacker. It doesn't make sense to take him at safety. Everyone who thinks that the Eagles will take him don't really understand what the team is actually doing uh, or understand what Landon Collins is and just kind of see a big safety who hits really hard and, you know, say next Dawkins. Um, <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't like that. That, that is on here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually just tweeted out a next Dawkins tweet. <laughs> um, and Brett Hundley would, would definitely yeah, yeah. make me, uh, turn my TV off or, or something dramatic like that. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just don't. I <laughs> Whoa, <need> slow down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Turn this thing I, off. Yeah, I just leave. Uh, leave my dorm room. <laughs> um, yeah, Hunley, I mean, he's athletic. He has a big arm. And that's it, kind of. I mean, he's really inconsistent and inaccurate. And, you know, it's like it's kind of like giving Nick Foles legs or something like that. It's <laughs> it's not it's not something that you spend the top, a top 20 pick on. So I but like I feel like the team could go with a wide receiver or any kind of offensive lineman or even an edge guy or cornerback. And I'd be happy. I mean, there's there's a lot more picks here that would make me happy than they wouldn't make then wouldn't make me happy. So the Eagles would have to do a damn good job at, at messing this pick up in order to, uh, in order to piss me off. Yeah. yeah I've noticed that too, especially, I mean, like, and then I think Matt and I have just talked off air about that. It just like, let alone all the guys that they've visited with are all a bunch of players we'd be happy with. So I even saw something today and I, I actually forgot who tweeted it out. You know, they said, don't be surprised if they take Philip Dorsett at 20. Fine. Fine with that. Totally fine with that. You know, I know there's some guys that really love Devin Smith and, Really love some other guys over that, but I am perfectly happy with that pick. If you don't think you can get him in the second round, or there's no way to move up, uh, we're going to get back more uh, uh, back into that. We're going to talk about Kendricks and stuff. Uh, but uh, Mike K did sit down with Mister Nick Thrasher, inside linebacker from Tennessee State, just uh, I did just last week. So uh, uh, we uh, love him uh, right here on BGN Radio, and uh, here's Mike with uh, Nick Thrasher. Joining us now on the Duncan Philly Hotline, Tennessee State linebacker Nick Thrasher. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. How, how you doing? I'm doing really well. It's good to have you on here. Uh, you know, you're from Murrow, Georgia. Uh, I'm assuming you're a real Southern guy. Uh, you know, you stuck Southern and you went to uh, Tennessee State. Can you tell me about that experience going to a quote-unquote small school? Well, uh, you know, coming out of high school, I wasn't recruited very highly like the rest of the people are. Uh, by the end of my senior year, I had 13 offers from D1, from D1 schools, from like three or four different D1 schools, and the rest were small schools. Um, T- Tennessee State, the reason why I committed to T- Tennessee State is because they have history there a- as well. You know, Richard Dent went there. They had um, two tall Jones went there. So, you know, they have many former NFL players there that went to T- Tennessee State University. But, you know, Coach Reed and Coach Alarive, they came to my school and they wanted me so bad that, you know, I committed there. And um, Coach Reed told me about this tackle uh, record. So, you know, I, that's why I committed there as well, too. So you, when you got there, you know, you didn't start right away, but you, you started into your sophomore season and remained a starter for the rest of your career. What was that like to bring that much experience? Yeah, you went to a small school, but what was that like to have that experience before you headed into the NFL? Uh, going to my sophomore year, I had to compete for that starting starting spot at middle linebacker. Uh, it was two other guys uh, that was competing uh, for the same spot as me. So you know, for me to get that spot, it was an honor. You know, but I had I worked my butt off to get to that spot. You know, I worked harder than those two guys, and you know, I had stepped up to the plate and did all did what I was supposed to do, and I had and I take care of business. Nick, what are you doing to uh, prepare for the draft uh, this summer? Or this, well, I guess this the, the season coming up. Well, really, I'm still training and working hard, you know, on my weakness point, and that's it. What would you say your biggest strength is? My biggest strength is, you know, I read and react fast to the ball. I'm for sure tackler, and I beat my opponents with proper technique. What would you say your biggest weakness is and that you have to work on the most? Get it, flipping my hips and pass cover, you know, get my hips down real good and me by doing that, you know, I'm working on that every day, each and every day, um, doing exercise for, you know, 
I'm flexing it out. So you know, I'm doing doing all doing doing all those those things to get better. You know, what would you say to scouts that say you're from a small school and you know you're kind of at a disadvantage, at least with competition-wise, heading into the NFL? <clears throat> well, I mean, they can let me as a small school guy, you know. But at, at the end of the day, I think it don't matter where you go, you know. If you you know beat, if you have that that drive to beat people with your technique and and that and that you can play with, it don't matter. How important is technique, at, at, especially at linebacker, a, a position where you have to make a bunch of tackles and you're a roadblock? Technique comes big when you play linebacker. You know, you got to uh, use your hands a lot to move those big, those big offensive linemen. And, you know, you can't do that all the time with strength. You got to do that with proper technique. What are you looking forward to most about being in the NFL? Being on that field with other guys that I know I can play with. Nick, uh, I'll get you out on this one. Um, did you grow up uh, as a fan of any team in particular? And if so, who was your favorite player and who do you model your game after? Uh, well, growing up, I watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, that's my favorite team. But, you know, right now, I can say uh, it doesn't matter what team I go to. As long as they give me an opportunity to compete for that spot, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I'll, I can play my game to Patrick Willis. I can play my game to Patrick Willis because... You know, he's a leader on and off the field. You know, he do good in his community as well. He give back. Uh, you know, he watch a lot of film. He work out a lot. Uh, you know, he be a part of with his, with his technique and strength. He's he always around the ball. And he, he's just a great guy. All right, Nick, man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck this, uh, this month. Thank you. Uh, big thank you again to uh, Nick Thrasher for uh, sitting down with uh, Mike K there. And, uh, you know, before. Awesome name, too. Yeah. Can, we, can we just mention how cool the name Nick Thrasher is? Absolutely. Especially that is for... a plus plus name tool. <laughs> it's right up there with uh, Rock Shoulders, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I like the uh, the Max Williams with two X's, too. That's kind of got that, you know. Uh, it's flair. It's Vin, a little flair yeah, to it. A little Vin Diesel thing happening there. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, before the, uh, we were uh, just talking about, uh, which I thought was funny, Brett uh, Hundley being Nick Foles with. With legs, I think that's going to stick for a while. But uh, yeah, I mean, this thing with uh, with Kendricks obviously doesn't die, and it was kind of—I uh, don't know how it kind of got started today. Uh, today being uh, Monday, as we're recording this, but yeah, I mean, there's—I th- I think still think there's a lot of people that don't understand that he's pretty much done here. <laughs> you know, they—they they, they found his replacement. They've extended D'Amico Ryan's. I know we've talked about this before here, Matt, but uh, to those that really don't understand why we're doing it. And I don't, I don't think we have a clear answer on that, but uh, I mean, how comfortable are you giving up Kendricks for whatever piece that comes around? If it is a third round pick, you know, or if it's for uh, a post draft move and it's for a wide receiver or whatever else they didn't fill in the draft, are you okay with letting go of Kendricks? Yeah. Well, I think, um, uh, look, Kendricks on field performance has been fine. Uh, but I still think that, yeah, they're looking to move on. Uh, from my perspective, <laughs> I, love how I you think, just kind of sprinkle that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to make it, just want to make it as, as <laughs> just want to put that out there. Um, so uh, as far, but as far as that goes, I think you know, do it, move on. Great. I think you know, you hear a lot of people talk about depth, like we're going to really have space to play uh, Ryan's and Alonzo and Kendricks, all three of them at the same time, or, you know, what if one of them gets hurt, but you, you don't really keep somebody who's got that kind of value going into the last, uh, going into the last year of his deal. You don't keep somebody with value around for death. You just don't do it. And if you do, you know, you're stupid or, 
it's just it's the wrong thing to do or you're you know you're trying to make a power play or something but i don't think that you're going to see kendrick's riding the bench anywhere he's too good um i think if the eagles kept him and then let him walk away for nothing or for a compensatory pick that they probably won't even see i think that would be a dumb move on their part i don't think that they're going to do it i think they're going to say we're ready to move on uh you are kind of a dumbass so so long <laughs> yeah uh ser- are you serious you know, so long. And, you know, if you see a nice return for him, that'd be great. But I think either way, you got to get something. I mean, he's not he's better than Najee Good. And I was going to jump in and say, plus, as far as depth goes, you know, even obviously D'Amico is coming off that injury, but they did go out and get Brad Jones. Najee Good is coming back. You know, they, they do have some semblance of depth outside of, of just those top three guys at that inside linebacker position. And here's the thing, too, is just I, I you know, I this is just my own little thing on it i really don't think they value the inside linebacker as far as talent goes i don't, I don't that's a weird statement but i think i think it's a little more interchangeable there and i don't know if i'm reading into that too much because when ryan's left it wasn't a huge impact so if you if you were to take away cox or logan or somebody else like that i think that's more detrimental to the kind of scheme that they run and i'm not saying kendricks isn't a playmaker he is uh, I just think if you know if the, if they feel that he isn't a fit in that locker room, and look, you know Deshaun and uh, Shady and and all those guys were kind of corralling together, and I've heard whispers that he was kind of, you know, the 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 mouthpiece uh, to the media. So I, you know, when when a guy wants to keep stuff in house, that's not exactly uh, a good thing. But uh, you yeah, know. Ken, Ken Kendricks was not he's not a chip kind of guy. Uh, he's it, along those same lines. You're you're 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if it's going to be end up being like if he jettisons from that and takes away that talent. First of all, there's our, our good friend Eagles Nest Kyle, <laughs> you know, who thinks uh, Kiko Alonso is just on on a whole different lower level uh, than what Kendrick's can bring, and I just I I just don't see that yet. You know, I, I really don't. I understand the injury thing, and look, I think it's it, I think it's weird. I yeah, I don't know. You know, Ben. I, I know you're a big fan of Kendricks. You were kind of 50-50 coming in the season uh, previous before, but um, you know, would you would it, if it ended up being let's just say a, a, a third round pick, or if it was a good veteran wide receiver, are you okay with you know jettisoning him out there? Well, like what was said earlier, I think you have a guy who's not going to be on the team after next year, regardless. He's going to be a free agent, and if you can get value for him right now, that's the best thing to do. And, yeah, I think Kendricks is a really good player. I mean, he's a very good pass rusher. He's a very good run stopper. He's good in coverage. But the thing is, in a 3-4 in a defense, when you have such a talented defensive line, uh, it makes those inside linebackers pretty interchangeable anyway. So you don't have to put premium value on these guys. And if a team wants to give us give the Eagles a, a, you know, a third-round draft pick or potentially a, you know, a top 25 wide receiver, then absolutely you know, move him. Um Kiko is a good player. I think he's going to be a good here. And while I do think that there's a drop off between Kendricks and Kiko, I don't think it's going to make the, make a huge impact on the the defense overall. Uh, well, one guy uh, looking to make uh, an impact for sure is uh, BYU tight end Devin Mahina. And uh, Mike K sat with them uh, just last week. And uh, here's that uh, Devin Mahina with Mike K. Uh, joining us on the Duncan Philly Hotline, we've got tight end from BYU Devin Mahina. How you doing today? Doing great. How's it going? Good. Uh, so. Uh, Obviously, you know, you've, you were at BYU for a while. Um, uh, you were recruited by a lot of schools coming out. What made you choose uh, BYU? There were a lot of reasons. Um, coming out of high school, I was uh, pretty highly recruited. Um, so I 
Rivers, anywhere from UCLA to Oregon. Um, BYU, those are my top three out of like the 15 scholarships I received. Mm. Um, but picking BYU just, you know, um, after the fact that uh, being Mormon, and then the other fact that they had a great tradition of tight ends, um, I just felt that it was a place for me to be. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about their great t- uh, tight end tradition. Uh, Dennis Pitta was obviously there. Um, how did having the history of tight ends really play into your thinking coming into college and, and BYU? Um, you know, ultimately, I wanted to go to the NFL. Um, so I you know, decided that I needed to pick a place where I could showcase my talent. Um, and so I felt BYU could do that, especially, you know, having Dennis Pitta Having a lot of great tight ends, Tom Mealy, um, Chad Lewis. So I felt, you know, I could do another tight end on that list of greatness, I guess. Have you been able to talk to Chad Lewis at all about the NFL? Yeah. So he, he works, uh, works at BYU. So I, I keep in contact with him and talk to him. And he's kind of been my mentor throughout uh, my journey at BYU. So he's been a real help. Has he told you anything about his days in Philly and about the Philly fans? Yeah, he, he has talked a lot about Philadelphia, and uh, he likes it a lot. Um, so, um, hey, it's a great place. Well, he's considered somewhat of a local legend there. Uh, you know, uh, fans really adored him. So, um, while you're at BYU, uh, you know, you obviously were a bit of a, you know, a red zone threat due to your height, you know, being 6'6 and, and 251, how do you think that height advantage kind of helped you at that level? Uh, it helped me a lot. Um, you know, I've really lived all my whole life. I've been like six inches tall mm-hmm. than everybody growing up. Um, so I've always, you know, played the tall position in football and basketball. But, um, you know, as far as an advantage for me, you know, just having high plus long arms, you know, that makes definitely definitely an easy target for the quarterback um, to hit. So, um, you know, just lifting up my hands, make sure I get, have good hands. That way when I get that opportunity, you know, I make the most of it. And so, you know, staying tall, having long arms, and then just body control really, you know, I think is a good threat in the, in the red zone. Um, you know, you had 46 catches for 540, uh, 554 yards and five touchdowns in your career. Do you think that that's a small sample size heading into the NFL, like you haven't shown everything that you can possibly do on the field? I do. I feel that uh, you know, I have a great feeling, um, you know, and uh, just I know once I get into the post-style offense and I'll flourish, um, you know, it's kind of hard getting a re-option spread in college. Uh, as a traditional tight end, um, but I think, you know, especially in the red zone, I could definitely help out and, you know, just, you know, being a student pro style, like I said before, will definitely uh, help with the offense. Being 6'6 and 251 pounds, you're essentially an extra lineman. How important is blocking in your responsibilities as a tight end? I think it's very important. Um, you know, obviously, the more tools you can add, your shed, um, you know, being able to block, being able to catch, uh, just adding versatility to your game is, is, you know, another reason why an NFL team will pick you up. So, um, making sure I improve as a blocker every day, every season, um, 
you know, it's just, just, you know, another good asset. They talk about high-character guys coming from BYU. Why do you think that the program has such high-character players? Uh, because I think of the expectations and the standards um, that BYU sets. Um, and so, you know, it is, it is a different place. It's not like any other college. Um, you can't get away with, you know, other things that you do at other schools. Um, so it, it demands a lot of um, a moral and, and character and standards. So that's a big reason why I went to BYU, because I wanted to, uh, you know, be a better person and have higher standards and morals for myself. Obviously, with a lot of tight ends in the league and a lot of uh, rookies coming in, they have to work on special teams. How do you think your size helps you on special teams? I think I, you know, special teams, it requires effort. And I think, you know, just giving good effort, having good size, being able to run down the field and block, um, what you have to do on every single special team uh, is important. And so, you know, I I think the tight end, tight end linebackers are basically, you know, Backbone of the team, they just, you know, they work hard, real labor working guys, if you know what I mean. Uh, well, that was it for us uh, uh, with Devin Mahina. I really appreciate you joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks again to uh, Devin Mahina for uh, hanging out with us, and we were talking Kendricks and all that good stuff, but we're going to switch it up just a little bit because I'd like to invite uh, Mr. Uh, Dave Mangles and Dylan Mark to join us now as we are going to play a little bit of Scouting Report Match Game. <laughs> In case you're wondering how this doesn't work, uh, what uh, Dave and Dylan are going to give us uh, some scouting reports in the way, and you, the audience, has to guess whether that is, you know, to a certain player. If it was like, for instance, Mark Barron or Landon Collins, which scouting report uh, would it be linked to? And uh, we're going to have uh, Dave Mangles start out first uh, with some quarterbacks. All right. Is this Brett Hundley or EJ Manuel? so <laughs> <laughs> funny. Okay, go ahead. Strengths: Asked to get through progressions and make decisions. Willing to, to willing to take downfield shot and give his receiver a chance to make the play. Has the ability to maneuver inside of the pocket to buy time, and his dual threat ability increases his effectiveness in the red zone. This is my favorite part. Displays his toughness almost every time out. <laughs> Weaknesses: Hasn't shown an ability to win from the pocket yet. His internal clock is a mess. Needs to reset his feet. He's an ineffective, inaccurate passer outside of the pocket. Wow. Is that Jay Manuel or Brett Hundley? Uh, James Elter, your guess. Donovan McNabb. <laughs> that's actually, no. <laughs> we could probably throw him into the match. That, that, that was dead on right That's, that's no, pretty I'll, good. I'll, 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 go, I'll go EJ, EJ Manuel. One, one vote EJ Manuel. Uh, Matt Daring. Whew. I'll say Hundley. Brett Hundley. Uh, and to uh, break the tie, Mr. Ben Natan, who do you got? I'm going to go with EJ Manuel. It is Brett Hundley. Oh, <laughs> man, that's looking great. Uh, see, I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of people like <laughs> Brett Hundley, especially, they've, you know, we've all seen those takes where it's like, ah, yeah, I'd take, take Brett Hundley at 20 if he's there. Why not? It's just, Oh, uh, I wouldn't take him at all. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah. Excellent point of just, you know. He's an undrafted free agent like three years ago. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've seen this guy play for the past like three years. I wouldn't 
I don't want any part of her. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's uh, go to Mr. Dylan. Mark, Dylan, who do you have for us right now? Similarly to Dave, it's a quarterback. And the question is whether it's G.J. Kinney or Marcus Mariota. (laughs) Positives. Now, I just want to give a disclaimer to everybody. I have not heard of this website ever. Take it for what it's worth. But the positives. Good, not great arm. Can make most of the throws. Very quick throwing motion. Really gets the ball out in a hurry and doesn't give defenders much time to react. (laughs) True dual threat quarterback. Extremely mature and experienced starter. Wow. Negatives. Deep accuracy is questionable. Has some trouble throwing down the field. Considering the offense he played in, his completion percentage doesn't look all that impressive. (laughs) Uh, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. That's another good one that could have fit in there, I suppose. Absolutely. Seriously, G.J. Kenny or Marcus Mariota. Let's say Kenny. Uh, one vote, Kenny, Mr. Benton-Tan, G.J. Kenny, or Marcus Mariota? I'm going to go with Kenny. That's two votes, Kenny, James Elter. Well, here's my thing. It didn't say he is the next coming of Jesus Christ, so I don't know if I can pick <laughs> Mariota here. <laughs> but, you know, that, it's, that rules out Kenny, too. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> if Brandon Gowton were here, that, that's the truth. I'm going to, just to break the tie, or not the tie, go the other way. Let, let's go with uh, with uh, Jesus 2.0 and Marcus. It's absolutely DJ. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known. I said it. Absolutely. But it's, you know, seeing the, 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 the maturity and the professionalism. Oh, and the, no, the only reason I knew, the only reason I guessed DJ was because it was such a discrepancy. He kind of got a first round pick and an undrafted free agent. <laughs> Otherwise, it was spot on Mariota report. Uh, all right. We are going to go back to Mr. Dave Mangles. All right, we've got we've got a receiver here. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Is this Chris Conley? Nice player. Nice player. Did a nice fourth, fifth round pick. I, I you know I like him. Or eighth overall pick, Darius Hayward Bay. <laughs> okay. All right. Lay it on me. Positives: exceptional straight line speed, long, lean athlete with long arms and strong hands. Can snatch, can snatch the ball out of the air. Good leaping ability and has become more consistent in timing his leaps. Negatives. Bit of a one-trick pony at this time. Might be the draft's most dangerous vertical threat, but offers little else. Struggles to generate consistent separation out of his cuts. Is it Chris Conley or Darius Hayward Bay, Mr. Ben the Ten? That's Chris Conley. Uh, Mr. James Zeltzer. Wow, I was going to go DHB, but he said that so confidently. He was like, no, no, messing around. He's like, that's Chris Conley. I'm still going to go DHB just because, you know, why not? But he said that too confident. I was so confident because <laughs> like, I almost like, Yeah, almost like he wrote the scouting report himself or something. I'll go, I'll go Hayward Bay. Uh, Matt Daring to break the tie. Oh, it's Hayward Bay, no question. <laughs> You're right. When I, said, when I was reading it, I couldn't rem- I went, wait a minute, am I sure is this some Conley? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to log off now. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> a big thank you to uh, Dave Mangles and uh, Dylan Mark for a wonderful uh, rendition of the match game. And, of course, they'll be back uh, well throughout the season and probably training camp and, and, and all that stuff is uh, we'll go through different variations of that. Uh, fellas, we're just going to wrap it up uh, here as we are all very pumped. And just a reminder to everybody listening this Thursday night, uh, we will be live, 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 mixlr.com uh, backslash BGN's, you know, hyphen BGN radio or whatever. It'll be on here. Uh, so you can do that. We'll be pumping it out through Twitter as well. But uh, final thoughts here, James Elzer. 
Uh, I won't be there for the live show, which is sad, which is sad, but uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of cursing, a lot of mistakes, potentially Marcus Mariota. So I don't know what other last thought there is here for my last show before the draft, but other than to just say Marcus Mariota. <laughs> it's BLG's line. Uh, Matt Derrick. Uh, let's get some wideouts, guys. Uh, a lot of guys I'm really excited about. Um, let's make this offense one for the ages. Let's get somebody good in here and maybe two of them and just call it a day. Uh, Mr. Benton, your final thoughts, my friend. Uh, I think it's really important to build around Nick Foles. <laughs> so, and hopefully we're able to do that through getting offensive linemen. I tell you what, you know, it, yeah, it's, um, uh, I don't, I don't really know, um, any other strategy that I would differ from, even if it was Foles or Bradford or anybody if that ends up being a case. I just, man, all I'm going to say is be ready. Cause I think it's going to be a highly entertaining draft night, especially for the first round. And I think there's going to be plenty more activity in the second and third as well. So uh, once again, uh, thank you all for listening to uh, BGN radio episode number 96. And uh, we look forward to you joining us live Thursday night as we will tweet out that link and uh, get the promos up. But uh, for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Uh, James Seltzer, Matt Daring, and the wonderful, beautifully built Mr. Ben Tan, uh, we thank you so much for listening right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. Marcus Mariota. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. <laughs>